Good morning, Cypress Bible Church. Hope everybody's staying warm. Um, glad you're with us this morning. Uh, so one of our goals as a church is to go in life-changing mission. And so I wanted to kind of tell you about some upcoming uh, events that we're going to have for the, uh, the Go ministry of Cypress Bible Church. Uh, our mission is to go in life-changing mission. We go local, we go short, we go long. And so we're going to have our, our Go Conference coming up starting a week from this Monday, starting on February the 22nd. Uh, and this year it's going to be a virtual Go Conference. Uh, for those of you who participated in our virtual mission trip, it'll be a similar format to that. Uh, each day there'll be some, some videos and assignments for you to watch. Uh, all of that will be on the uh, cbcgo.net webpage. Uh, and don't worry, we'll send that out to you via email. Uh, but then you'll also have three opportunities to uh, get, get in on a prayer Zoom with our missionaries, uh, both on Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday morning. Uh, you have to register for that to participate because we can't, we can't publish a, an open Zoom link. So uh, you have to pre-register and then you will, we'll email you the Zoom link. So you got three opportunities to be a part of that. Uh, one's in the evening, one's midday, one's in the morning. So three opportunities, but you do have to pre-register for that. So I encourage you to be a part of that. It's a great way to learn about all that we're doing in life-changing mission here as a church. And uh, it's going to be a great opportunity to just to learn a lot about what God's doing and, and ways that you can get involved. So we, we look forward to all that God will do through uh, you and through this church uh, during our Go Conference. So this morning, I'm going to open up by uh, reading Psalm 145. I exalt you, my, my God, the King, and bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you every day. I will praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is great and highly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. 
One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of your splendor and glorious majesty and your wondrous works. They will proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring acts, and I will declare your greatness. They will give testimony of your great goodness, and I will joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is great and highly to be praised. Let us praise him, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let's stand together as we sing. Father in heaven, Father 
that again. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Therefore, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
guys can stand again. We'll sing this together. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. And without you, I fall apart. That guides my heart. Sing that out together. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. to God and you can talk to him whenever you want and wherever you want. Talk to God about what you're feeling. You can ask him to help you. Prayer is when you talk to God, when you need help with something, if something wrong happened. Telling God what you need. And asking him to do something for you. It's just connecting with God so that you can speak to him and you can get his will done. You can do it any way you like, though the main way is to sit down so so you won't, if like some, something, anything distracting is moving. If you're praying and you look out the window and you see it, you might stop praying and just start staring at it. You can pray any kind of way. It, it's not really that hard. All you have to do is be focused and talk to him. And you'd close your eyes. Close your eyes. And... I sit down and go like this. When you fold your hands, I pray with my hands like this. So you would like put your hands together like this. Prayer is whenever you're speaking to God and like he will give you the answer eventually. 
or if he doesn't want that to happen, then he'll do it whenever the time's right. When I go to bed, I pray usually. Sometimes I forget them because I'm tired. Usually I just find a spot where it's quiet and I just start thinking about all the good things that God's given to me and I thank him for it and I pray for him to help me with all of my struggles that I have, which could be math, which I'm really good at, but it's tedious. <laughs> well, that's a pretty tricky question. Um, mostly I do that because I love God. And I don't have any other reasons. <laughs> if you have a problem, if you want to confess something, if you want something done, you can always ask him. Some people pray because they need God to help them with something. Because of their sins, they could talk to you know, God about their sins and ask him to forgive them. And I just focus on him because that's what prayer is for. And he likes it when you talk to him. He's very good to pray. So he knows what's going on. And when you need help with something and you really, really need someone to help you, but you can't find anyone to, but God is always there for you. If you need anything, you can talk to God. And, that's, and prayer is how you talk to God. And it's very important. Very, very. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Father, 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 hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Our daily bread. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone. 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 For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us. And lead us. And lead us. And lead us not into temptation.
with me. Hi, King of Heaven, we honor you today uh, as the one who, as our creator, our sustainer, our strength, our shield, we uh, call out to you, knowing that you hear us because of your son Jesus, and it's in his name that we have the uh, confidence to ask this, and that by the power of your spirit you would speak to us today. Uh, there are those of us who need to hear things that you are saying. Uh, there are uh, those of us who need comfort, encouragement. Uh, we need to be challenged wherever our need is at, Lord, by your spirit. Uh, speak to us through your word for your glory and for your honor. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. When, uh, I don't know about your experience, but when our kids were little, uh, when they were babies, very attentive to their cries at night, uh, it's your turn, no, it's your turn, uh, or, you know, when, when uh, they needed to be changed or fed or whatever was going on, very attentive to uh, what their needs were. As they got a little older uh, and were a little more self-sufficient, I was a little less attentive to their needs in the middle of the night. So I, I texted my two daughters, our two daughters who are adult women now, and because uh, I, was, I was just wanting to verify something. I said, uh, is it true that one or both of you were afraid of waking us up at night when you needed help? Uh, I remember Carissa staring at me until I opened my eyes. Chris is our youngest one, and she said, I was terrified. That's why I did it. I said, what, were you sick? Were you afraid? I had chronic nightmares, she said. Um, and then our oldest, Jathniel, chimed in, and she said, I was afraid also, too afraid to even stare at you. So I stared at Mom. And Carissa said, I was too afraid to scare at Mom. So apparently we were frightening to our children, um, keeping them from requesting help in the middle of the night. And it's, it's, I would much rather be woken than all of a sudden wake from a dream feeling that I was being stared at. That is very unnerving. Um, where do you go for help? And how do you go about getting that help? Uh, there's a story Jesus tells to encourage us to go to our Heavenly Father. Not to be afraid to ask, uh, not to be afraid or concerned about disturbing them, or, or trying to find some other way in, uh, out of your problem or need. Uh, because apparently, that's not our first response as people. Uh, we tend to go in other directions. And that's why Jesus wants us not to hesitate. Uh, he wants to encourage us not to hesitate to speak to God the Father. And there are some reasons why, uh, how, to do about that, how to do that, why to do that, uh, that uh, are covered here. We are in this series about becoming more like Jesus. We are taking seven different scenes over these seven weeks from the Gospel of Luke, uh, scenes in the life and teaching of Jesus, uh, be, because uh, this will help us uh, in our understanding of how to become more like Christ. Because if your faith is in Jesus alone, God is at work shaping you into the image of his Son. He's using all kinds of ways and means to do that, and we need to be receptive to that. That is what God has designed for us in this earth, as we become more like Jesus through all that uh, uh, goes on in our lives as we turn to him. And so this morning, the focus is praying like Jesus. Praying like Jesus. We're in Luke chapter 11 and prayer is a very important element in the life of Jesus that we have recorded for us in the Gospels. So prayer was not some perfunctory thing, some ritual. Uh, it was central to the life of Jesus. And as the eternal Son of God, of course Jesus, uh, the, God the Son, existed before Bethlehem. He's eternal. And yet as the eternal Son of God, he still made requests to the Father. He still communicated with the Father, did so through prayer. So how much more should I pray? Uh, how much more should you pray? Uh, that, that is what Jesus did in, in setting this example for us. Uh, as his followers uh, watched Jesus time and time again go off by himself to pray, as they heard him pray, as they saw that he got up very early in the morning to pray, uh, they actually wanted some instruction. Teach us 
how to pray. We, we want to know how we should go about prayer. And they wanted to pray like Jesus. So let us learn to pray like Jesus and uh, become more like him as a result. Uh, Luke 11 begins this way, uh, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Well, this uh, version of the prayer is not the one we're most familiar with. That's in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, it's similar, uh, but it's different here. It's a little shorter. There's some things that, that aren't included. Uh, now, uh, understand that what we have when Jesus shares this prayer, this is a pattern for prayer. This is a model for prayer. That doesn't mean it's, it's wrong or unhelpful to pray these exact words or the exact words of Matthew chapter 6. In fact, uh, that is a prayer that I pray multiple times usually in any given day and every day uh, when I'm uh, awakened in the night or, or up early in the morning. Uh, that's, uh, I, I do pray those words, but that is not the sum total of what Jesus is teaching here. He's giving us a model or a pattern to follow in prayer. Um, so I, I'm going to take these uh, somewhat familiar words and simply divide them into two parts uh, just for a, a moment here, two simple parts, because I would believe that these two major themes, we could make it far more complicated than that and develop all sorts of themes, but I think that the, these two major themes uh, should be included in, in every prayer virtually that you pray. They should be addressed in, in some way or another as you pray, these very two basic simple themes and the first theme is to pray for God's honor real prayer begins and ends with God uh, it reminds us that he's in charge that his interests uh, come before my interests uh, it, it treats God as holy as sovereign as worthy it places him where he belongs and uh, that is as king over the universe creator of all things it's not that I'm reminding God who he is. Uh, I'm reminding myself who God is uh, so that, uh, that my prayers can be uh, properly focused. Uh, I'm addressing him with the respect, with the reverence that he deserves. And so it, it's helpful, I think, in beginning all prayer to, uh, to uh, speak characteristics of God, to uh, speak of his attributes, his titles, his saving work, even to just focus on one or more of those things or to, to call him by uh, his name and, and speak to him. And, and what I'm praying, by the way, I'm praying to God the Father. I'm praying in the name of Jesus the Son. And I'm praying by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I'm praying, I want to focus in all those, I'm, I'm, I'm honoring the triune God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, giving him the, the place, the, the uh, attention, the, the characteristics that he deserves and who he is. Um, I was thinking of one of the worst introductions that I've ever received uh, as a speaker, and uh, it happened a num many years ago now. A, uh, a very good, very close friend of mine, a pastor, I'm still, he's probably my best friend still to this day. Uh, he pastored a church about uh, less than an hour from me in the city where we live. And he called me up and he said, John, he said, can you bail me out? He said, I'm, I'm supposed to speak tomorrow uh, morning to our seniors group and, I'm all, and I can't do it. Uh, so I forget what the emergency was that, that came up. He said, and I'm already uh, filling in for the guest speaker that they wanted to have. Uh, so would you, you know, be able to do that? And I said, I, you know, I'd be glad to, Ken. I, I, uh, I can fit that in. And so that night I, I went and began to prepare some things, pull some things together to speak to this group. And I uh, drove the next morning to, uh, to the church, a little less than an hour away. And, and there was maybe 75 or 100 uh, seniors there. And um, I met the, the, uh, the leader. His name was Bertrand. I remember his name. It's like 30 years ago. I remember his name. 
And uh, he, he handed me a, a hymnal and he said, pick out a, a, a couple of songs that fit with whatever you're going to talk about today. And so I did that. I busied myself doing that. And we, we sang those couple of songs. And, and his introduction was, Pastor Ken can't be here today, so we have a neighboring pastor here to speak to us. Didn't mention my name or anything. So I, I got up and I... I did probably a, a not a very good job of speaking to the group because uh, they were they 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 looked pretty sour and uninterested. So um, I got done, and um, and Bertrand didn't say thank you or anything. He he began to give some announcements, and he said, "Now our next meeting is coming up soon, and we really need to to get on this." I'll never forget what he said. His last sentence. He says. We need to plan far in advance in order to get a good speaker. I've never felt so honored in my life. Uh, how easy it is for us to, well, to disrespect other people, to feel disrespected. I mean, I felt dishonored. I felt disrespected um, in, in doing that favor. And, and it made me think, you know, how, every child of God has the incredible privilege to speak directly to the Lord of the universe. And do we ever take that for granted? Do we ever treat him too casually, without reverence, without recognition, not reminding him who he is, but reminding us who he is and what he's done, honoring him? Uh, that great relationship we have as being able to call him Abba, Father, doesn't mean we can treat him with disrespect or disinterest, to address him as he deserves, to honor his name. That's the, I, I think, the first part of prayer that I, I think is absolutely essential. The, the other theme of prayer is to pray for God's help. And I think that this covers all kinds of other things that Jesus mentions here and, and elsewhere, because every prayer is a recognition that you depend on God for everything. And that includes, and, and, and should pro probably be primary, that forgiveness of sin is part of that. That how can you put God in the place he deserves and not recognize how far short you fall of his holiness and perfection? To then ask for his uh, forgiveness, to confess your sin to him and, and know that you receive it through Christ, to, to ask him for help in the necessities of life, uh, for the blessings that he's given, to, for strength to endure temptation and trial. Real prayer recognizes God as the only source of supply for every single need. Uh, that, that even when you do have food on the table, even when you have a steady income, even when you have a roof over your head, even when you have a healthy body, uh, you are still recognizing in your prayer that you are God-dependent in all things, that you can't make it in your own power. You are not your own Savior. You need His help. And so this is a very basic outline for prayer. God's honor, God's help. Uh, and I, I think it gives us a pattern for praying like Jesus in a very simple way. But now I want to move to the, the parable Jesus continues and, and gives here to encourage our prayer. This is the pattern, but now he gives the story to encourage our prayer. So here are two reasons you should not hesitate to pray if you follow Jesus. This, this gives us these reasons about why we should come to God and how, and, and how we can pray like Jesus. The first is this, that the Father stands ready to answer your bold prayer. That's the point of Jesus' story here. Then he said to them, verse 5, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is a friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. So very 
clear story that this guy disturbs his friend, his neighbor at midnight, but he's not doing so selfishly, he's doing so on behalf of someone else. Here is a guest that was unexpected. Uh, it, it was not uncommon to travel later in the day to escape the heat, and this person who uh, was unexpected arrived later than expected, and, and there's nothing for this man to give his uh, tired, hungry traveler. There's no bread because you basically made bread every day because it didn't keep, and the bread he had for that day was gone, and uh, so he hurries uh, to his nearby friend and explains the situation. Now you need to picture that what we have here is a one-room uh, home. You have the family. This is the, the, the Middle Eastern uh, situation in that day. You had the family huddled together around the fire, usually surrounded by their livestock at well, as well. And, and so it's greatly inconvenient to disturb all of that and then to uh, unbar and open the heavy door. Uh, so so the, the the guy sleeping guy said, no, go away, go away, can't help you, won't help you, how, how dare you? Uh, but the man will not give up. He keeps calling, he keeps knocking, and eventually, so that the, all the neighbors aren't awake as well, uh, this friend stumbles to the door with, uh, in his arms, as much bread as he has in the house, and sends him on his way. Now, the key in understanding the story is recognizing the main word here, which is boldness, boldness. Literally, it means to be without shame. To have barefaced audacity, to be have shameless persistence in asking—that's the key word. So, so this this neighbor who's disturbed is thinking, "How dare this guy? What's the audacity, the nerve of this guy to come to my door in the middle of the night and disturb me for this request?" Now, the lesson is not that if we annoy God long enough, He will answer our prayer. That's not the lesson. No, there's a contrast that Jesus is drawing here. That even if even an imperfect neighbor or friend will undergo inconvenience to answer requests, how much more will our perfect Heavenly Father do for us? This man had the audacity to trouble his neighbor because of his need. How ready we should be to shamelessly call upon our Heavenly Father to respond to our needs at any time. Uh, notice how Jesus applies the parable. He says, so, so ask seek and knock and these are arranged according to intensity asking is the basic starting point i have a need uh and uh, the, it takes some humility to request something i can't do without help and then seeking goes beyond that where you do everything that you possibly can to receive what you ask for and then finally comes knocking this is an insistence a a perseverance of asking and seeking you you can translate this keep on asking keep on seeking keep on knocking and jesus everyone who has a right relationship with god will be answered what jesus is doing here is he's confronting our prayerlessness our lack of willingness to ask God for help or, or to put him second or third or 15th on the list of ways in which we go about uh, asking for our needs. Our, our first response might be to fix it ourselves. Our, our response might be to ask others or, or to wait. Uh, when our best solution is to ask God. James 4, 2 is very convicting here. It says, you do not have because you do not ask God. And then he says, when you do ask, you ask selfishly because you're doing it for your own passions. You're only concerned about your, your own uh, end game and not what God's will is. So um, we, we tend to take our action on our own. Uh, sometimes, do you ever get into this thing where you ask other people to pray so you don't have to pray? You know, when you give them this request so it like takes the burden off of you? I think that happens. Um, Jesus says, no, Keep on asking, and, and the corresponding promise is attached, and you will receive, you will find, the door will be open. He, he, pray because God stands ready to answer. This bold, audacious, shameless request that you're making, God stands ready to answer that. Uh, just as the neighbor answers in exasperation, the father is anxious to answer the pleas of his children. Uh, he isn't bothered when any humble child approaches him at, at any time, in any place, for any reason. So I need to resist the temptation that I have, and this is confession time, to engineer my own answers. I, I must resist that temptation. That's, that's my first response. But I need to make my requests known to God. I need to spend less time trying to untangle my own messes and more time asking God. Jesus wants us to know that God always stands ready to hear and answer the prayers of his people as we speak boldly 
to him. Uh, the second part of this is that the Father knows how to answer your real needs. He knows how to do that, what your real needs are. Jesus continues, verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So the image is of a child asking for something good, something needed from his parent. And of course, the, that parent is not going to give something dangerous. He's not going, that, that's what snakes and scorpions are. No good father would give his child something harmful. When the child has a need, he's requesting that the, the father would fill. A good father wouldn't play such tricks on his children or deceive them with danger. And Jesus' point is that if sinful, uh, fallen, imperfect humans know how to answer the requests of their children, how much greater is the ability of God to do that very same thing? God will know what is best to give. Um, in his wisdom, he answers the prayers of his children. How much more is not about the amount uh, of that answer, but the certainty of the response of God's answer. Certainly he's going to respond it's much more than uh, uh, even uh, a human father or mother would respond to their child. And so what a joy it is to be able to pray with freedom, assured that God knows what it's, what's best to give us. Um, yes, God will much more readily give to his children than even an earthly father will. Uh, and Who are his children? His children are those who receive the gift of God, that is Christ Jesus our Lord. That by his sacrificial death on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty of sin for all who believe. And through faith in him alone, you are adopted into the family of God. You are his child. As Romans 8.32 says, Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also, along with Christ, not also give us everything? So, so if God that generous to give his own son up for us all, he will also uh, give to us uh, all that we need. And so when you understand that, the, uh, that God is the ultimate good father, who is incredibly generous but also supremely wise, he knows what gifts to give. Now when we think of what we need and what we ask God to provide, I think our minds are often immediately go to the temporal things that we need, whether it might be health or food or shelter or a job or money to pay the bills. And Jesus really surprises us here, I think, uh, because the generous good gift that he talks about, promises, will come from the Father, is the Holy Spirit. I, I love how Alexander McLaren describes what it means for us to receive uh, the Holy Spirit in answer to our prayers. Uh, he talks about, can't get to that next screen, but uh, he, he talks about how the, uh, the, the gift of the Spirit, he says, and we're going to lack anything that we desire if we desire that great encyclopedic gift of the Holy Spirit. So, so the, the Holy Spirit is that... Uh, all-encompassing gift that gives everything we need from A to Z. Uh, the Holy Spirit, of course, secures those who belong to Christ. When your faith is in Christ, you become a temple of the living God. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Uh, you are indwelt by Him. That is permanent. That's not something that goes away. He's your guarantee that you're a child of God, that you'll receive all the promises of God. But of course, you can Keep the Spirit from controlling your life, from operating in your life. You can live in your own power rather than in the power of the Spirit. And so this is a prayer, I believe, of, of asking the Holy Spirit to operate in your life, giving control to Him, uh, knowing that uh, of all the gifts that uh, the Spirit gives, He dwells in, he, he enables, He empowers, He assists in prayer, He guides, He transforms, He fills believers. Those are just some of the things the Holy Spirit does. And although He is a permanent resident in the life of every child of God, we must continually seek to let Him control us. Because He can provide the power to... Uh, endure the the pressure that we're under uh he can uh comfort us in the depths of our of our weariness our loneliness he can pr give protection in the darkest hours that we face he can furnish guidance for every decision that confronts us he can reveal truth to us in the midst of error he can guarantee the promises of god in this world that's filled with uncertainty 
Uh, he can produce Christ-like qualities in us in place of our human tendencies. He can come to our aid when we don't know how to pray or what to pray or we doubt our right to pray or are unable to pray. The Holy Spirit can minister to us there. All these things and more are what the Spirit of God can do in us and it is this Spirit that Jesus says uh, is readily available to all who ask. And we must ask God for all things and the great request is for the ministry of the Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is that all-encompassing gift that makes joy and blessing possible in this world. And so, uh, in that respect, we don't even need to worry about asking God for the, in the wrong way or the wrong things because the Father knows exactly how to answer our prayers. He knows our needs before we even ask. And, and, and when we ask amiss, uh, we can ask God to guide. The Spirit guides us and convicts us and leads us to the right thing. And when we, we are groaning because we don't know how to pray, the Spirit prays and interprets for us. So since that is true, I must never hesitate to pray. Must never hesitate to pray. Uh, along with boldness, there needs to be this element of humility in my prayer boldness that i have the right to come before him in the name of jesus and humility because i don't know what's best but he does and i need to be willing to accept uh, his answer because he he will give me my god will give me what is for my good and for his glory even if i don't understand it so i'm going to make a an effort to ask for the ministry of the holy spirit in my life above all other requests so uh, like jesus I boldly ask the Father and humbly accept His answer. I, I heard Pastor Tony Evans tell uh, this incident some years ago. Uh, he was to uh, preach at uh, a gospel crusade. Uh, it was uh, an event held at the University of South Carolina football stadium. And the thousands were gathered for this evening event where Tony was going to preach. But uh, the news reports were indicating a serious thunderstorm that was on the way. In fact, the storm was scheduled to hit, expected to hit right at 7 p.m., the exact time when the meeting was, was going to get going. And so they were concerned about that. The sky during that day was getting darker and darker, and the, the threat of cancellation, the leaders talked about canceling the service as a result of that. And, they, and uh, a group of pastors and uh, other church leaders decided that they would hold a prayer meeting. And uh, Tony noted that uh, all the preachers, maybe himself included, uh, prayed what you might consider safe prayers. That is, ones that were very undemanding of God and gave him a way out in case he needed it. And uh, then during this prayer meeting of all these preachers, a woman named Linda spoke up and asked if she could pray. And Tony says, Linda's prayer went like this. Lord, thousands have gathered to hear the good news about your son. It would be a shame on your name for us to have all these unbelievers go without the gospel when you control the weather and you don't stop it. In the name of Jesus Christ, address this storm. Tony says, so ended the prayer meeting. Says, Everyone took their places under this dark, threatening sky and uh, umbrellas were popping up everywhere. The guy sitting next to Linda opened his umbrella and offered to shield her and she refused. And uh, Tony Evans and his wife they watched as the rain clouds came and it rained on one side of the stadium and then those clouds parted and they watched it rain on each side of the stadium and then the clouds passed by and joined back together again and everyone gathered for the meeting that night stayed dry. And Evans says, how did Linda get what the preachers didn't? He said she had the boldness the shameless audacity to ask. So if I'm going to pray like Jesus, I'm not going to hesitate to speak to the Father first. Before I try to figure it out on my own, before I go begging help from friends, before I try and engineer a solution, I'm going to ask God, no matter what time it is, no matter what the situation is, no matter how big or small the problem seems, I have a Father who's numbered the hairs on my head, who knows what I need before I even ask, who will give whatever I ask according to His will. And so I'm going to keep calling until He answers. Because I can't control people. I can't control the weather. I can't change circumstances. But I can talk to the one 
who can. And that's what Jesus encourages us to do, to have this bold, shameless audacity to knock again and again and again. Now, now the New Testament goes on to encourage us repeatedly with this very thing. In fact, Two of the most famous verses uh, out there use a very different Greek word that means very much the same thing. Uh, not, uh, a different word than the word Jesus uses for boldness, but it's a word that means uh, outspoken, fearlessness, confidence. And I'm thinking of Hebrews 4.16 that says, Now with confidence you can draw near to God and, and, and ask for his help in your time of need. Or 1 John 5.14, ask anything according to his will and, and you know that he hears us. You can ask with confidence according to his will. He, he will answer as well. This is what the New Testament teaches us. And, and we need to have, the, I, I need to confess, the, the weakness of my prayers, the shamefulness of my prayers the lack of confidence in my prayers is there far too often i far too easily give up in calling to the father and i want to encourage myself and i want to encourage you with the words of jesus that we're going to pray like jesus there needs to be this boldness that we have that comes from him not from us that comes from him the boldness to ask god and the humility to say god whatever it is i'm willing to accept it your will be done not mine how can i have that kind of boldness because i know my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to his name. Let's pray. Lord, we have the privilege as your people who name the name of Christ to speak to you at any time for any reason. Lord, help us not to take that for granted. Uh, help me not to take that for granted. And may even this day, we boldly speak to you with a humility that comes from knowing that you are a good Father who knows what is best. Lord, encourage us by your Spirit, through the name of Jesus, that we can come before the throne of grace in our time of need and ask the Father and know he hears us. Pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing together? <clears throat> what a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear Take it to the Lord in prayer.
paz por benediction. Now may the Lord fill you with boldness to cry out to Him and humility to accept His will. May the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be so ever-present in your life that you go with boldness to the throne of grace at every need every request, every desire, and know that He hears and answers according to His will that is ours in Christ Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing, man. Stood on the stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be all right. Right now, oh, right now, I just can't. 